Well, I don't know what else to say. The stock market is just depressing. We just closed out the first six months of the year. So time to celebrate, everyone. We're halfway through. We've made it halfway through 2022. I hope you're all having a great 2022 because the stock market is not. The market just posted the worst first half of the year in decades. When they say decades, they're not exaggerating. Accelerating inflation and rising interest rates fueled a months-long rout that left few markets unscathed. The S&P 500 fell 21% through Thursday, suffering its worst first half of a year since 1970. So this is literally the worst start to a year halfway through the year since 1970. That's what we're investing in. So if someone tells you, uh, this sell-off is just run-of-the-mill, it's not that bad, uh, they're being dishonest. This is a bad sell-off. Like, this is a really bad one. We are going through a really bad sell-off, and that should be said. We are making it through this. Now, I will say, if you've made it this far, you just got to pat yourself on the back. You're staying invested through this turbulence, through this volatility, through nonstop depressing sell-off month after month, then you probably have what it takes to be a long-term investor, in my opinion. You'll probably keep going, which is a good thing. But it's times like this when you really want a pickup. You want some positive news. We've already been investing this year for six months, and the sell-off started a couple months into the end of last year. So we've been in a bear market now for quite some time, this constant, painful, drag and sell-off in the market. And you just want to hear some positive news, just some relief that things are going to be better in the future. Well, in comes Michael Burry. And Michael Burry is not someone to paint a rosy picture. That's not really his thing. In fact, his thing is kind of the opposite. He is the the, the one that gives the warnings, right? And the latest warning he just gave, this is uh, just today, adjusted for inflation, 2022's first half of S&P 500 is down 25 to 26%. So if you actually factor in inflation, you're actually more poor this year than just your losses in the, the stock market because you have to factor in that the little money you do have after the big decline is even worse less due to inflation. So the S&P 500 is down 25 to 26%. The Nasdaq is down 34 to 35%. Bitcoin's down a staggering 64 to 65%. That was multiple compression. Next up, earnings compression. So maybe halfway there. Maybe, just maybe, the Nasdaq can fall another 35%. Maybe the S&P 500 will fall another 25%. That's Michael Burry's thoughts. And you know, a lot of people say that he's kind of like the one hit wonder. He's the big short guy. I made a video on this. He's not. He's made consistently good calls all throughout his career. And I consider him to be one of the best five investors alive today, actively investing. I really think he's top tier. So these warnings that he's giving, you know, I don't think that they're just fun tweets for him. I actually think that he he does have a thought that the S&P 500 and the market will continue to go down to some extent. Um, of course, Michael Burry has positioned his portfolio with this in mind. Dr. Burry has both long positions and short positions. He's long a bunch of very low valuation, deep value stocks like pharmaceuticals, and he's short companies like Apple, which was, it's kind of one of the big tech companies, the last one to fall. It was trading at around 155 when he started his short, so he's probably already made money on that short position. So he's actually positioning his portfolio in a way that reflects, I think, his bearish view on the market. So in this video, we're going to go over a few different things. First of all, we'll be examining 
the implications of Michael Burry's claim that there's going to be earnings compression on top of multiple compression and what that even means. What's the difference between earnings compression and multiple compression? I'll explain it and I'll go over an article where other strategists think that this could be a problem. And I also want to give an opposing view to Michael Burry, one where they think that things aren't quite as bad as the market's preparing for. Both Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan have research out that shows that the markets are already pricing in a pretty significant downturn, and they think there's a chance that investors might be overdoing it. So in this video, we'll be going over both perspectives, Michael Burry's and the big banks, and we'll... This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Try to make sense of it. Now, before we jump into that, just a quick shout out to today's sponsor. It's FTX US. They have a desktop website, a mobile app. I have both links in the description below. And they've been a great sponsor of the show. They've been really great to work with. They, they're building out a, a big platform that does a lot of things. Obviously, they're huge into crypto. This is where they've kind of made their name. But they're also in the NFTs, stocks, OTC. They have the FTX card. They're just going into a ton of different things. The one that I'm personally most interested in is the stock portion. And I've been testing this out. It's currently in beta, but it works really well. I've been increasing my shares in Amazon, buying more of it, basically every day, a couple shares of Amazon. And I'm going to continue to throughout this year because I think that Amazon's on a pretty good deal right now. Now, if you want to try this out, the beta will be out soon. You can sign up your account right now for free. It takes two minutes. You just download the app with the link below. And when you download the app, make sure to use the name Carlson, my last name. That not only helps out the channel because it lets them know that I sent you, but it also gives you $10 on your first $100 trade. So you instantly get a 10% return on your first trade. All right, now let's go ahead and jump into this news. Like I said, this is just the worst. There's no other way to say it. You know, this is the worst start to the stock market since 1970. So since a lot of us have been alive, you know, I look at the analytics here. A lot of us are young enough that we weren't even born before 1970. I know I have some older viewers that are in that camp, but I was born in 89. So this is the worst first half of the stock market since literally before I was even born. That's how bad this year has been. And it shows. I was not spared from this. You know, I don't try to time the market. I've looked at the data and in aggregate over long periods of time, it's best to just keep invested. So that's what I've been doing. I'm currently down 31% on my growth portfolio. The dividend portfolio with those defensive companies has held up better, but this one is just getting crushed in this market. It has not been uh, spared. So looking at this, we have really bad news. It's just depressing. We have Michael Burry saying this is going to get worse. We're only halfway there. We have literally people right now quitting, just throwing in the towel. This news made me laugh. The Jupiter CEO quits a $68 billion firm to sit on the beach and, quote, do nothing. This guy is just done. He's checked out. He's been dealing with this market for the past seven months, and he's probably like, you know what? I don't need this. I already have money. I want to sit on the, the beach and do nothing. And you know what? I don't blame him. I don't blame the guy. If I had enough money to retire, I'd probably want to sit on a beach and do nothing as well, especially with the market over the past two years. It's been absolutely horrible. So, you know, this is the attitude people have. And I want to go into Michael Burry's prediction. What he's claiming is that we first experienced multiple compression. Multiple compression means if a company was trading at a 
um, let's say 30 PE ratio, and it gets down to a 15 PE ratio, but the earnings are, are expected to be the same, that's just multiple compression. Meaning the multiple that people are willing to pay for that same earnings has been cut in half from a 30 to a 15. That's basically what happened to Netflix. Netflix didn't really say that they're going to be earning less money. In fact, they actually beat their earnings estimate by 40%. So they actually beat on their earnings, but investors didn't like the story. There was qualitative uh, news that changed. So the multiples compressed. And Netflix isn't the only company that's had this happen. Basically, all of them have had this happen. Multiples compressed for Facebook. Facebook is still expected to earn a lot of money, but the multiples came down. Multiples came down for PayPal, still expected to earn a lot of money. It was the multiples that compressed. The same thing for for Apple and Microsoft and Alibaba and basically all of these companies. The earnings projections are still positive for the S&P 500 this year. It's still expected that these companies are going to earn more and more money, but the multiples have compressed. Now Michael Burry is saying part two. We've had the first act, and now we're going to have the second act. After the multiple compression, which is that that P-E ratio uh, compressing, next up, earnings compression. The actual earnings are going to go down. Here's an example of this. With Microsoft, you have the P-E ratio. Everybody knows about this. It's the price to earnings multiple. So the multiple you're paying for the earnings of the company. The P stands for price, which is the multiple. Microsoft's price went from 35 P-E to 24. So it's the same earnings, but we're paying a lower multiple for them. But now we have a risk, a new risk in the market of the actual earnings going down. If Microsoft earns less money over the next six months than they are expected to, then the E has to get revised lower, which would make the stock price drop even further than what it has. And this is already starting to crack just a little bit. Take a look at Microsoft's. This is their projected earnings. And you can see the earnings revisions. Earnings revisions up are five, and EPS revisions down are 15. That means five analysts think that they'll earn more, 15 think that they'll earn less. So the aggregate analyst estimate for Microsoft, their earnings in the future has been moved down, which makes the stock more expensive, and it makes the company sell off. And this is exactly what Michael Burry's talking about. So let's go ahead and dive in to the reasons this poses a risk for the stock market. We know that multiples have come down, but now it's time for earnings to get compressed as well. U.S. profit margin estimates are too optimistic, putting stocks at risk of more declines when Wall Street analysts downgrade their expectations. This is according to Goldman Sachs Group. They say, quote, while rotations within the equity market have signaled expectations of slowing growth, Index valuation does not appear to be providing a buffer for uncertainty around the path of future earnings. So this is kind of their fancy way of saying um, investors kind of expect that we're going to see uh, slowing growth, potentially at least like a technical recession, people not spending quite as much money because of inflation, but that's really not being priced in to the earnings, the earnings models of these companies. Analysts have not brought the models down. They say economists have begun to cut their top-down economic forecasts for GDP. And yet fundamental company analysts are sitting there like a deer in the headlights, not knowing what to do with the numbers. So we have economists saying, hey, look, everyone, the economy is slowing down. GDP is going to slow down. We might go into recession. People are going to spend less money. And then we have fundamental company analysts saying, oh, they're going to earn just as much. My company is doing good. Look at the bright future it has, right? There's this conflict between economists and fundamental company analysts, and they're not agreeing together. Goldman Sachs thinks the economists are probably right. 
the economy is slowing down. And eventually, the fundamental company analysts, the analysts that make these earnings projections, they're going to have to lower these earnings projections. That's what the economists, that's what Goldman Sachs thinks is going to happen. And Goldman Sachs goes on to say, quote, we continue to recommend investors focus on stocks where they can be relatively confident, confident in the forward trajectory of earnings, including firms with stable growth and the healthcare sector. Michael Burry's top holding right now is Bristol Myers Squibb. So he's right there with him. He has most of his money, 13% in a company that is in healthcare, right? A pharmaceutical company. People still have to buy drugs, especially cancer treatments, whether or not we go into recession. Those earnings are pretty solid. He says, which has grown in earnings in the last several recessions. So even during recessions, uh, pharmaceutical companies continue to grow their earnings. So I think that Michael Burry is correct in that analysts eventually, eventually, and I think it's going to be late in the game, analysts are eventually going to revise the earnings of these companies lower. And we've seen enough hints of this. I just did a video on people getting laid off from work. There's more and more companies, in fact, a huge uptick of companies laying more and more people off work. The reason that they do that is preparing for bad times. We also have little hints from different companies like Microsoft. Look what Microsoft has done over the past three months. They said that they're going to earn less money because of foreign exchange, right? That was the first thing. They said that they're cutting their advertising budget. That was the second thing. Then they said that they're actually not really hiring anymore, right? They're slowing down on their hiring. Not layoffs. They don't want to give that term, but they're slowing down on their hiring. All of these companies that have a big connection with the economy, like Microsoft, like Salesforce, like so many other companies, are starting to just pull things back a little bit. They're giving these little warnings, these little hints that they're concerned about the future. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. In fact, I kind of expect it to go into this next earnings season and hear that this stock sold off 10% because of lowered guidance. This stock sold off 5% because of lowered guidance. That's the word you're going to hear over and over and over again. Lowering guidance, lowering guidance, earnings revisions downward, lowered guidance. That's what I think this next earnings season is going to be all about. So while I have that concern, and I fully believe that the stock market could go down another 10, 20%, I remain invested because I know that my companies can make it through this. This might be a difficult time, but all the companies that I'm invested in have very strong balance sheets. And even though the earnings may compress along with the multiple, I have a very long-term view and my strategy is just to write it out and just to hang on. And I know that this is kind of the bearer of bad news, the negative view. So I wanted to offer a positive view. And this comes from JP Morgan. JP Morgan actually has the view that things might not be so bad, that the fears of the recession might be overblown. And I wanted to give this perspective as well, because Michael Burry's view is kind of like the most bearish one. And JP Morgan's is a lot more optimistic. Here's the summary of it. Right off the bat, they say, if there is no recession, which is our view. Their view is that there's literally no recession. Right off the bat, they're saying that their base case is that we're not going to go into a big recession, which is definitely a positive thing. So there's still people that believe, even analysts that work at banks like JP Morgan, that don't necessarily think we're going into a terrible recession. And they say that if we don't go into recession, like investors are expecting right now, then the really risky asset prices right now are too cheap. So the riskier stocks that have just been crushed over the past six months, they're too cheap if we don't go into a recession. Now, they go on to clarify this because JP Morgan here is saying that they have kind of a contrarian view. Everyone thinks things are going to crap right now. They think everything's going down the drain, which it certainly feels that way, right? If we've been investing in the past six months, you just think the world's basically coming to an end. And JP Morgan's saying 
We don't think things are great right now, but we think that investors might be pricing in too much. They say that many equity market segments are down 60 to 80%. That is a substantial decline, 60 to 80%. And we know that's true. Many companies that we follow have been down that much or more. They say positioning and sentiment of investors is at multi-decade lows. That's also true. So it is not that we think that the world and economies are in great shape, but just that the average investor expects an economic disaster. If that does not materialize, risky asset classes could recover most of their losses from the first half. Our bullish and our out-of-consensus uh, out view is hence a forecast of a lost year, a recovery of H1 losses in risky assets. So that's basically a summary of their take here, that it's not that things are in great shape, but investors are expecting economic calamity, economic disaster. And if that doesn't materialize, then there's a lot of upside to these stocks. And I'm kind of viewing things in line with... Uh, in line with JP Morgan here. You know, I think that there might be earnings revisions lower in the future, but I don't know how much I view us going into a horrible recession, like an 09 recession. I think many investors have recency bias. We know this is a true phenomenon where we view things are going to happen just like the recent past. And the most recent past real recession we've ever gone through was the 0809 Great Recession. And that was a particularly devastating, horrible recession because we had a housing mortgage crash, a credit crunch, a financial financial disaster with banks going under. We had things happening that I really don't think are going to happen again. And even though we're facing inflation right now, we're facing logistics problems, these things could unravel. There is a chance that inflation will come down. And if things don't go quite as bad as investors are expecting, there could be upside to many stocks. Now, here's where they get into the details of their contrarian view here, that stocks may actually have more upside than downside. They say that equity sentiment, investor positioning, and market internals have been bearish, resulting in the worst annual start for equities in around 100 years, with the exception of the Great Depression. So this has been an extraordinarily bad first half of the year. Portfolios are defensively positioned for recessionary outcome and corporate fundamentals should exhibit relative re resilience for the rest of the year despite some softness in corporate guidance. So they're saying that even if there's some softness in corporate guidance and we get all those revisions downward and lower guidance that we're probably going to get, even so, portfolios are defensively positioned. People raced into dividend stocks and consumer staples. They raced into all the defensive companies and left all the risky ones. And recessionary outcomes and corporate fundamentals should exhibit relative resilience. So even companies right now, their balance sheets are very strong. They're set up well for a big recession. For example, the financial market like JP Morgan, Bank of America, Citigroup, Ally Financial, all these different financials are selling off like crazy. And that's, again, because investors get really scared when we think we're going into a recession, but they don't have the same balance sheet they had back in 08. Companies right now are much better capitalized, much better prepared to go through rough times than they did back then. Now, they also mentioned the earnings projection here. JP Morgan does hold the view that the S&P 500 will grow its earnings this year in aggregate. So, they don't have the same view as Michael Burry that earnings are going to compress across the board. They think it's going to grow, but less than the consensus. Their estimates for, for 2022 is for the S&P 500 to have earnings per share of 225 compared to the consensus of 229. So JP Morgan thinks that the S&P 500's earnings will grow around 7% for the year. 
And this is less than consensus, but it's still positive. So you have the two point of views here. One from JP Morgan, where they have more of a positive view on things. They think there's actually upside to the second half of the year, simply because investors are expecting total devastation. And they think there's a chance that that's not going to happen. If devastation and disaster, economic disaster doesn't happen, then JP Morgan will probably be right. People will probably make money the end of this year. Uh, if Michael Burry's right and the earnings forecast just get crushed for these companies and the economy compresses and we have all sorts of issues, then obviously this sell-off has further to go. So let me know what side you fall on. Do you think the second half of 2022 will be a positive experience for the stock market? Will it go up from here? Or do you think Michael Burry's right? We're about halfway through this sell-off and it will go down maybe another 20, 25%. Let me know what you think. I'll look in the comments below and I'll talk to you in the next episode.